Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. couple of bits of Jimmy Buffett news or the late Jimmy Buffett news here to start the hour. Um, we'll talk about the new album first or the final album. And then what the state of Florida is going to do that just hit me weird. And, I, and, and I'm not sure why. Yeah, uh, well, the, the good news is that, uh, as we heard at the time that Jimmy Buffett's death was announced, that he was almost done with a brand new album and was set to release it a little bit later this year. According to Variety, that schedule will maintain. And the, uh, the album itself, a 14-track album called Equal Strain on All Parts, will in fact be released via the Sun label on November 3rd. Um, with uh, guests on the album. I mean, this is going to be a star-studded affair. Paul McCartney will make an appearance on this one. Emmylou Harris, uh, Angelique Kidjo, and Preserva- uh, the Preservation Hall Jazz Band, which is just a legend in uh, New Orleans. So, I mean, typical Jimmy Buffett. So, I mean, if, if and bl- believe me, that's not a knock. I love typical mm-hmm. Jimmy Buffett. Yeah. Um, but yeah, three advanced tracks were released Friday morning this morning. On to DSP's, uh, uh, like, uh, let's see, like my dog bubbles up and my gummy just kicked in, <laughs> which, which the yep. last of which is the song that features McCartney on bass. So, uh, wow. Jimmy Buffett wrote a song about smoke and reefer. Huh? Amazing. <laughs> you would expect nothing less. <laughs> um, and then maybe this is more common than I think, but the hill.com said that the state of Florida is going to and is right now flying flags at half staff to honor Jimmy Buffett. Maybe this happens a lot more often than I realize where flags are flown at half staff in honor of someone, an entertainer or someone who wasn't in some kind of official capacity somewhere. Like usually we hear it, they're, they're flown in half staff for an officer who was killed in the line of duty or, you know, um, or, or someone prominent in government. It's weird to me that they're flying. I mean, I get that Jimmy Buffett was royalty in Florida. I yeah. get it. Huh. And that's, yeah, that, I think that's really more than anything what it's about. You're right. It doesn't happen for entertainers much. And it doesn't happen at the statewide level much. I mean, mm-hmm. if you had told me that Key West was doing this, I'd go, right. yeah, of course they are. Come on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, to have it a statewide thing, I, I love it. I think it's wonderful. But yeah, he was such a a major ambassador for the state and he also involved himself in several uh environmental efforts in the state mm-hmm. in fact when we first moved down there in 79 
uh, there was a series of public service announcement that, announcements that Jimmy Buffett did trying to urge people to um, to honor no wake zones to save the manatees. And he was on every single commercial, you know, out there on his boat and saying, you know, you got to do this. They can't get out of your way. And we're losing too, way too many of them. And, and thankfully, it worked. The manatee population has bounced back dramatically. Huh. Is it just today that the, the flags are flying? I believe staff? so, Is that yeah. It? Um, yeah, it doesn't tell me any more than that, but, uh, yeah, from 5 p.m. Thursday until 5 p.m. Friday. There you go. He said, because it's always five o'clock somewhere. Yeah, very cute. Ron DeSantis being funny. Okay. I'll, we'll give him that one there, I guess. We have a lot of entertainment stories today. A lot of stories about entertainers. And this one comes to us courtesy of Variety Magazine. The actor Ethan Hawke, uh, who has a ton of credits, been around a long time, um, gave an interview because his daughter, Maya, also is an actress. And it's funny to read some of this essay about them because it talks a lot about their dynamic, the two of them, saying the dynamic is playful. Um, it's kind of like catching up with old friends who share remarkably similar tastes, looks, sense of humor, and sensibility as artists. The two often finish each other's sentences and stories. And then it gets into Ethan Hawke being a director. He's, he, he's directed a lot of things in, in addition to being an actor and directing his daughter in sex scenes. Yeah, <laughs> that's got to be fun, doesn't it? Um, and it, it, it's weird because I thought the same thing. I thought, okay, boy, that, that can't be an easy thing. And they describe it as, no, it's no problem. She was fine with it. I'm fine with it. It's all good. We, we understand this is a job. We're actors. And I think it's probably because we're not. That because we're so far away from that world, we don't understand that when when actors are doing a nude scene, that's all they're, they're acting. It's not they're not having sex. We see the the finished product, and it looks like hey, they're having a great time. They're not. They're acting. So for for him to direct her in in a in a nude scene or a sex scene is really no different functionally from directing her in a soliloquy. I mean, it, 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 one thing is the same as the other. Sort of to me there, but, but in a soliloquy, you have clothes on. <laughs> this I'm, is still dad I'm sure seeing you nude. I'm, I'm sure he's seen her nude before, but maybe not as an adult. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know? and not in an intimate sex scene. I mean, maybe he, to me, that's, that's where it's different is it's sure. He's, I mean, you know, he's dad, right. But it's different to see your 25 year old daughter in in the throes, in, yeah. in things that he would normally never be able to see. Now, you do you, right? I mean, this is their dynamic. Who is to judge? Sure. But it's getting a lot of attention. Oh, no doubt. And for the obvious reason, because we all have to ask ourselves, would I be able to do that? Would I be able to stand there, stand by, you know, while my son or daughter, most especially a daughter, I think, um, was engaged in that kind of activity? And, and the funny thing is that, yeah, even though it is a sex scene, that uh, I mean that that doesn't necessarily mean that that's what she looks like when she's really doing it. Um, you know, she's still acting. It's it's all. I, I saw one time a documentary not all that long ago uh, that asked actors and actresses how they deal with that. Uh huh. 
And there's so much that goes on that we have no yeah. idea goes on. You know, strategically placed pillows and things like that so that, you know. That's why we have intimacy coordinators. That's why that is a job. That's a real job on, on set. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, is so that they their job is to take the actor and actress aside personally, you know, away from everybody else and say, are you okay with how this is being done? Are you okay with this? Are you okay with that? So that they don't violate those kinds of rules. And I think that if he's the director and has that kind of trust, not only in his daughter, but also in the intimacy coordinator on the film, that probably makes it a little bit easier too. What I was reminded of, um, Dakota Johnson, who is the daughter of Melanie Griffith and Don Johnson. Don Johnson for Fifty Shades of Grey. Correct. Said when the first Fifty Shades of Grey movie came out, she gave interviews and said she didn't even want her parents to see it. (laughs) And she's pretty open. I mean, you can't do three movies like that and not be pretty comfortable with your, you know, with your body and with your nudity and Melanie Griffith. And they're, they're kind of known for being pretty progressive also. Yeah. But she's like, I, I have asked them seriously not to see the movies because I don't want them to see me like this. Yeah. So, and, and is that because of, you know, because it was nudity and sex scenes or was it because of the S and M part of it? You know, but either way, yeah, right. Either way, it's the same thing. I mean, you mentioned Melanie Griffith. Uh, She very early on in her career, uh, and I'm trying to remember the name of the movie, but yeah, she is definitely no stranger to nudity on screen. Um, so it's not like she hasn't done it, but it is funny. To, I guess I wonder if if Ethan Hawke, if if his daughter had come to him, and by the way, it's his daughter with uh, Uma Thurman, and I, have, I I don't think I've ever seen anybody who more closely favors an exact fifty fifty mix facially. You know, between if you if you did a mashup of Ethan Hawke and and uh, Uma Thurman, it would look exactly like their daughter. But um, yeah, I, I wonder if she had a problem with it. Would he have stepped aside and let an assistant director come in and handle that day? Oh, that's interesting. Um, yeah. That's a really good question. And then I ask, uh, yeah, you kind of forget that there are other directors on set that could come in and direct that one scene. Yeah. But if they're fine with it, they're fine with it. Yep. So I just thought it was interesting. Uh, 913-586-7798 if you have thoughts on this one. Uh, Still to come this hour, the trend with liquor for a long time was to, for like the last five years, was to smoke all of the liquors and barrel age all of the things. Now there's a new trend that's picking up steam. We'll get to that coming up here on KMBZ. One of the few things that I bought at the start of the pandemic just to make life a little more a little more fun, a little easier was a $15 little frother that I use for creamer and coffee. It, it just, especially if you get it hot, it just it it just makes it better. And usually what it what it will do is in in frothing your milk, it breaks the proteins down and makes it sweeter without having to add sugar. The science behind this is interesting because that now is what people are using on liquor that they say making is, is making it better. So they, they're frothing the liquor? <laughs> using the same device. Does it, does it just do the same thing? I mean, does it just make it foamy? Well, scientists say... We'll tell you some of the science behind it, but it usually what I know it to do is just adds air to it. Yeah. Okay. And they're saying it softens it. There was somebody, this is a TikTok thing for sure. Yeah. Uh, there was a guy that said after frothing a serving of silver Patron tequila for about 30 seconds. Why not a good he, tequila? He gave it. A, I could see you want to try it with a bad tequila <laughs> to see if it makes a bad tequila better. Okay. Fair enough. 
he tasted it, compared the shot to an unfrothed and then frothed one and said the frothed one is a hundred times smoother than the original. All right. Um, you know, that makes a lot of sense because there, there are a lot of things that we eat that have that, like ice cream, for example. The reason you churn ice cream is to mm. add air into it. If you melt ice cream, you'll notice, I mean, bubbles start to, to show up almost immediately because there's tons of air in that, and, and it makes the mouth feel a little bit smoother. Um, and it also, like you said, it makes it taste a little bit sweeter. So, yeah, I can see that. An expert at Texas Christian University said frothing introduces a little bit of heat because of the vibration, yep. which can speed up chemical reactions and change the composition of the drink. I know it for adding air. Um, and, and in fact, I have done it with a like with red wine. Letting instead of Right. Instead of decanting it, if I don't have time to do that, which I usually don't, <clears throat> and if I don't have, I have a little device that I can pour it through that opens it up. But if not, you could do this to wine and it would do the same thing. It would open it up and soften it and expand it a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. I, um, yeah. And uh, so, like you said, you can get a frother for 10, 15 bucks, something like that. Easy. I think mine was 15 on Amazon. Oh, uh, huh. Okay. Well, I'll report back on Monday. How's that sound? <laughs> Try it with tequila. <laughs> I'll see if I can get one and, uh, and get it to the house that soon. The, the other thing, the other reason he gives, by the way, is just because you taste as much by smelling as you do with tasting. Yeah. And in opening it up, it makes the smell more prominent. And as long as it's something you like, then you're going to appreciate that. Yeah. Did, did you ever see Sideways? Yeah. Oh, God. It's been a while, but yeah. Yeah. They, I mean, they, when they go through, I knew nothing about wine tasting because there's very few wines that I can actually drink without becoming physically ill. Uh, but they, they, you know, he talks a lot about before you stick your nose in the in the glass to smell the wine, you're supposed to swirl it around a lot, like really yep. get it going so that it does that same thing. And, and that way, when you smell it, you're getting all of the bouquet. You're getting everything in there. Yeah. So if you want to try that out, um, go for it. It's an easy way to do it. I'm going to let you tell the story about coffee. <laughs> yeah. there, there is, and there has been for quite some time, a coffee that's out on the market, and I can never remember what it's called, but there's uh, what they do is they they follow this cat called a civet cat, and it's a, it's a wild cat, a little one, um, and it likes to eat raw coffee beans when they're still in the hull. But the bean itself, the coffee bean that, that you normally see, the little tiny thing, that uh, you that you grind up to make coffee survives that process. The hull doesn't. So when it comes out in the cat poop, they they sift through it and they clean it all off and sanitize it and all of that, and then make coffee out of it. Um, and and ostensibly, it's the the most wonderful coffee you've ever tried in your entire life. And all of this, I've never had any. I probably won't. <laughs> I'm not that into coffee. Mm -hmm. But now there's another one to add to the list because in Brazil. There is a at a particular coffee farm deep in the bucolic hills of Espirito Santo state in Brazil's southeast, a type of pheasant native to tropical forests there does the same thing. He chooses the best ripest coffee fruits, according to the guy that they talked to, who is a coffee grower. And uh, after they do that, he follows the birdies around and uh, and collects the the remainders, <laughs> if you will. And he says, what goes in is ripe cherries, comes out as beans, which can go on to be sold as some of the most delicious and expensive coffee in the world. All you have to do is wait for it to be defecated by a pheasant. 
I hope there's more to it than that. I hope the process has more steps in between <laughs> the like, collection, like the cleaning. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> the filtering. I hope there's a lot of filtering. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hope so. They said that the coffee can sell for about a hundred dollars a pound. Why? Because it's so hard to collect, I guess. Uh, you know, you have to follow the birds around and, and sift through bird poop. Uh, yeah. Somebody on the text line hit it. Kopi Luwak. They actually talk about this is the Indonesian coffee made with the beans that are filtered through a civet cat. Um, yeah, and digested by said. I wonder, I mean, really seriously, outside of the ick factor in all of this, I wonder if those digestive enzymes or whatever it is really do change the nature of the flavor of the bean. I mean, you can see how that would easily happen. It's still not enough to, for me to drink cat poop, but, you know. So it is common. You can make a tea out of just about anything. Yes. You know, and we, we know the traditional things, but especially in some of the Eastern medicine, they make tea out of all kinds of things that mm -hmm. they claim are good for your health. This sounds like something that would come out of that. Like more is a, is a tea that you would not have as much exposure yeah. from the water to the bean. Well, he, and, and it's funny cause he really, um, he, you know, he attributes the entire thing to the fact that the birds are so much better than human beings are at picking the best coffee. So you know, he said, well, you know, the bird is out there doing its thing. It's eating the best beans off of a tree. So all of the ones that come out in its poop are the best coffee beans that were available on that plant. Um, yeah, he said the digestive process is much faster than that of civets or elephants, other animals whose dung is used in Thailand to produce coffee. So there's not much that happens inside the bird, and what comes out is really just the best coffee beans. Neat. Couldn't you Fantastic. just get better at selecting the best coffee beans? I mean, sure, I get trusting the bird, but come on, dude. That sounds like an intern job, right? That, that's something you get an intern to go out there. Somebody that wants to learn the business. Yes. That's a good job for them. All right, uh, we'll take a break here. Coming back, uh, we have another story about language. And a linguist says there is a phrase that you need to stop saying we'll talk about the other ones that we could take out of our uh, language if we could we'll get to that coming up here on kmbz worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole well good thing instacart shoppers are as picky as you are they find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line they are milk expiration date detectives they bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are so let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. 
You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Story here out of CNBC. There is an Ivy League linguistics expert who has told us the number one phrase that we should never use. And feel free to line up yours on the text line or give us a call. <laughs> yes. Everybody has that that phrase, that cliche, that hackneyed expression that every time somebody says it, you think, oh, no. I mean, famously, as we do around here, uh, the Letterkenny TV show has a long running gag about to be fair, to be fair, and how just haughty the whole thing sounds. But in this case, this guy, John McWhorter, who is a professor of linguistics at Columbia University, was on a podcast called Unconfuse Me, which is apparently run by Bill Gates. Um, and he said that he took a really deep dive and a really serious look at one particular expression that he feels is truly a nefarious influence in the English language, even though we don't treat it as such. Mm-hmm. The phrase is, it is what it is. And usually said as... It is what it is. Yeah. Like, it, it, it is what it is. Yeah. Said kind of flippantly. Exactly. And that's his real problem with it. I know people who have had a hard time with people using that expression for a long time, but on a different basis, on the, on the basis that it's so redundant. Okay, it is what it is. Of course it is. I mean, what else could it be? Whatever it is that we're talking about, it just it's a, it's a meaningless fluff phrase that doesn't mean anything. He saw a lot more in it than that. And the way that he the way that he put this is perfect. He said, "What a gorgeously chilly way of saying your problems don't matter to me." So when somebody comes up to you and says, "Hey, you know, my marriage is falling apart. I'm having a really hard time in life right now. I just lost my job." And they say to you, "Well, it is what it is." Oh, you talk about a blow off. Wow. As like, yeah. yeah, whatever. Don't bother me with your problems. I never really thought about it that way, but he's absolutely on point. I feel like more often I hear people say it about themselves. Um, they'll, they'll tell you a story and maybe you'll give them compassion or feel bad for them. And because they don't want you to feel bad, they'll just say, well, you know, it is what it is. Yes. And, and I'll move past it is the implication. Right. It is right. what it is. I'll get around this. I'll get by it. It's no big deal. You don't have to worry about it. But when, yeah, when you say it to somebody else, that's where it really starts to go wrong. Um, and he said, you know, go into conversations utilizing your deep inquiry based listening that he's making the case that when you shut somebody down with that phrase, it is what it is. You're giving them a signal. I don't want to hear any more about this. This doesn't matter to me. I'm not even listening to you. And what we should be doing is saying things like, OK, tell me more. Explain to me, you know, explain to me how you feel about this and what do you, what's the effect that it's having on you rather than just saying eh, it is what it is. Text line, predictably, has got all kinds of things coming in. <laughs> but I want to, I want to go to the, I want to go to the phones for a second because this is one we've had this conversation before. But I want to go um, to the phones for one that we've never um, had in the conversation. In the conversation here. No, but I'm looking forward to this one too. Hi, Carrie. Carrie's calling in from Lee's Summit. Hey there. 
Hello, hello, hello. I, when people say it is what it is, I want to say, well, thank you, Captain Obvious. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yes, right. Anyway. right. Um, yeah. So I have a, uh, two boys in high school. My best friend, uh, my oldest and my best friend's oldest are best friends. It just so happens. So we've got between us three boys in high school. Well, a couple of them like to lift and have started wearing the kind of ribbed tank tops. Well, because at school, what they call them is a wife beater. Yes. Um, my kid came home and used that term, and my kid is very respectable where that kind of thing is concerned. Not everything, but where that kind of thing is concerned. Um, and I spent six years volunteering for Hope House, and so I was, we've nipped that in the bud. Uh. And, and he the other day caught himself. Oh, I'm sorry, tank top, mom, tank top. <laughs> so yeah, and I don't think people. I think people just it's the vernacular. You just immediately associated with the item as opposed to the whole history behind it or what it is that you're really saying so you're right I, nip that one in the butt. I mean when, when you it, it's one of those that again when you give it a little bit of thought you realize what you're saying and it's almost trivializing the the domestic violence that's at the root of calling yes. it a wife beater it, it's just saying right. yeah you know it's just it's a thing like anything else okay mm-hmm. well, no <laughs> domestic violence <laughs> exactly. is not that all right, right. right. Carrie, thank you. Um, and at least, again, given her son, he's he's trying to do better. Right. Okay. I want to add two to the list here before we go to the text right. line, because there are two that are bugging me a little more recently than they had in the past. And you'll, you'll see a theme here. I don't like it when someone starts off a sentence by saying, well, nothing personal, but <laughs> you are absolutely about to say something personal to yes. me. Yes. That's your way of warning me. That's like saying no offense. That's the other one. No offense, but you are absolutely about to offend me and you know it. Yeah. And you, you, you don't want me to be upset about it. I want those two phrases gone. Yes, yeah, say what you want, but be yeah. ready for the consequences for it. Yeah. If, if you want to, and I love this. A uh, couple of you have said, uh, in fact, more than a couple of you, a lot of you have said, well, to be honest, or to tell the truth, or I'm going to, let me be honest with you, because it implies that up until now you haven't been. What have you been? You've been lying to me the whole time, and now you're going to be honest with me? I feel like if somebody says that, though, they are about to be more bluntly honest than they usually are because I'm guilty and you'll hear it on the show now. And I'm sure you'll point it out. Cause I know that I do this. I say, <laughs> well, honestly, and then I say something, it's not that I'm not being honest the rest of the time, but I do say that sometimes. And it's usually when I'm about to be a little more forward and a little more blunt than I am the rest of the time, which is funny. Cause in a way that's, that accomplishes the same thing as people saying, well, no offense, but yeah, be, because you're still saying the same thing. It's like, and maybe, maybe the solution to that is again, to call a thing what it really is. And instead of saying, well, honestly, we should say, well, to be blunt, right. Uh, is something along Tell those us what lines. you're actually going to do there. Yeah, right, right. Don't yeah. don't couch it. And we have so me- so much euphemistic language that we rely on for those same kinds of things. <clears throat> so, you know, somebody else said, "Case sera, sera. What will be will be. Yeah, it, that's exactly the same as saying, "Well, it is what it is." Somebody else said, "I hate whatever." Me too. <laughs> it is the ultimate. Like it's what you said to your parents all yes. the time as a kid. Whatever. It's dismissive also. I hate it too. Oh, it's and it's funny that they all seem to have that kind of root to it that it's all about um trying to, to you know try, trying to be a little bit intellectually dishonest about what's really happening. Um somebody else said, "Oh yeah, not going to lie, that's another one that came in. Thinking outside the box, 
Good Lord. I mean, of all the corporate cliches yeah. that are totally meaningless, we what what box is this that we're supposed to all be in, and how are we going to get outside it? I mean, it, it just, it's, a, uh, again, meaningless corporate bingo nonsense. So I'm not really all that happy about any of that stuff. It's funny right now, I'm just hyper analyzing my own word use <laughs> we all fall victim to, to it oh yeah trying to think of the other ones that i know i do a lot and the other one that i seem to say sometimes is correct me if i'm wrong but well of course you're going to correct me if i'm wrong yes when i'm not certain of something i seem to throw that in a lot um yeah I, because you don't you want to give acknowledgement to the fact that I'm not a hundred percent certain of this, but, right. but what I think is, and yeah, I'll do that too. I'll, uh, not in those words, but I'll, I'll often say something like, I don't know that I'm not a hundred percent on this, but, um, and it's sort of the same thing. Let's see. A bunch of these are coming in now. Uh, so I'm guilty of this one. Somebody said, I deplore the statement. No worries. Makes me crazy. I use that one. In what context? Because uh, let me get ahead of one here and we'll see if this is where you're going with that, because no worries is something that you can use in a, in a million different ways. But there is a huge contingent. Again, I think as you go up in age in the population, you find more of this. Uh, there's a huge contingent of people, though, who get really upset over the fact that if they say thank you to somebody, the response that they will get, especially from young people, is <laughs> no problem yeah. instead of you're welcome. Mm hmm. And it doesn't bother me because we had teenagers running around, you know, all around the house when, you know, about 10 years ago when my kids were that age. And they all said that. So, okay, I understand why it upsets people. Oh, I'm glad I didn't cause you any problem when you did the thing I thanked you for. But I don't think it's it's meant that way. Do you know? I, yes. I, I, we're, we're just used to the tradition of thank you is responded to with you're welcome. So I often replace it with no problem. For me, that's usually what it means is, okay, no problem. If, I'll put Colin on the spot for a second. He's about to answer phones. There was something that I had asked for yesterday, particular music that we wanted for a certain segment. Yeah. Colin is doing 97 different things at one time and, and <clears throat> didn't have time to do it. Sends me a message and says, sorry, X, Y, Z. And I responded with no worries. Yes. Like, like no big deal to me. I appreciate you saying that, but it's okay. If, and, and if that's uh, you, because you can use no worries in that same respect. If somebody says, hey, thanks for giving me a lift. Oh, no worries. Yeah. Is that the way that it, it angers you? Somebody else just called me out for one. Yeah, they said, no, John, what you say is if I'm wrong, the text line will correct me. <laughs> it's absolutely true. One thousand percent. Yes, I do say that. And yes, the text line does correct me every single time. But thank you. Yeah, it put me back on the right track. Absolutely. Don't take this the wrong way is coming in too. Yeah, <laughs> which, which means you're it's you're about to be offended. And it's blaming you for it. Mm -hmm. Because Correct. If, if you are offended by this, you're the problem, not me. Not what I said. It's it's how you took it. Yeah, that's that's a blame shifter. Let's go to Jacob in Platte City up next. Hey Jacob. What up, John? So we'll have a little honesty fest here. Um I I used to be honest fairly regularly. Um, as far as, uh, your problems, and my wife hates this cause I do it. She's, she's no, uh, she's not spared from the, the wrath either. Hey, if you're coming to me with your problems and I don't want to hear it, I'm going to tell you that I, I got my own problems. I ain't got time for yours. Mm -hmm. Sorry. 
Um, and I 100% use the thumbs up button in a lot. Yeah. To answer, answer uh, uh, probably sometimes when I shouldn't, but that's eh, what it is. <laughs> there you, there you there go you with go. the first one. All right, yeah. Jacob, thanks. Yeah, that's that's another one that's growing a lot of disdain is responding to a text with nothing other than an emoji, whether it's the thumbs up emoji or whatever. Uh, it, it just seems that that's becoming less socially acceptable than it was maybe five or six years ago. We have done an entire hour on on emojis and whether it's okay to reply to a text with just the letter K, <laughs> which apparently prompts ire in people yeah. like nothing else. It's the same thing as us finding out as adults that if you end a text with a period, you're being a jerk. <laughs> yes. That was news to all of us when yeah. we learned that. Yeah. Again, some, um, yeah, in text, I give a lot of grace for the way that you're communicating. Because I don't know what you're doing. Same here. At the time. And I think we, (laughs) I'm trying to figure out a good way to put this, because I try as hard as I can, whether it's in a Facebook post or a tweet or a text message or whatever, to be grammatically correct. Because... (laughs) Because if not... (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Well, and there really is no because if not. Um, I mean, the answer is I would feel... I would feel bad about it if I didn't live up to how I know I can communicate. I would wait I, to be called out by people is the reason why not. I don't. Well, yeah, there's that, too. But I um, I don't necessarily expect it. I mean, you can't live life on uh, on Facebook and Twitter and all of the rest of it and, and expect everyone to use even something close to correct in terms of grammar. Uh, 913-586-7798 if you want in here. Uh, we can go to Mike. Next up in Topeka. Let's do that. Hey, Mike. Hey, guys. Uh, for me, I hate when people use a phrase and they get it wrong. For example, when someone says, for all intensive purposes, <laughs> instead of for all intents and purposes. Yes. Yeah, I hear that, and it just drives me up the wall. There's a few of those. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see if we can come up with a couple more, but you're right. If, if you're going to use the phrase at all, at least get it right. Yeah, and understand what it means, too. Um, there's a lot of them that people will use, and, and it doesn't mean what they think it means. They get it completely wrong. So, yeah, you, yeah. you got it, Mike. Thank you. Um, it, yeah, there, there's one of the more common ones that people tend to screw up um, is reticent. I hear reticent all the time used mm-hmm. incorrectly. Reticent means quiet. It does not, yes. mean, it does not mean reluctant. Yes. People use it interchangeably with reluctant. It means something very different from that. But it it sounds like a smarter word. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. So people use it thinking, okay, I'll sound erudite if I do this. No, because you screwed it up. Can someone explain to me what same difference means? (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Or is supposed to mean? Oh, it's, it's supposed to mean... Six of one, half a dozen of the other. It doesn't really make a uh, – there is no difference. So if somebody okay. says, oh, what do you want, Italian or Chinese? Nah, eh, same difference. You know, it, it, there's no distinction between the two as far as you're concerned. Okay. That is a phrase I never use, but it's on a bunch of these lists Dad did now that. that I'm looking at. Dad used that one a lot. Uh, 913-586-7798. We have callers on hold. Give us a second here. We'll take a break. Be back with your calls next on KMBZ. A linguistics expert – says the phrase, it is what it is, 
should no longer be in our vocabulary, saying it is absolutely dismissive of what a person has just told you. And we've also been talking about some of the other things that are common to the language that just grate on you when you hear them used. Uh, I love the redundancies. How about this one? And I know this one gets on your nerves too, Jamie. Whether or not. It makes me scream. (laughs) There is no need for the or not. No. It's just weather. Uh, At this point in time, says the text line. Yeah. How about at this point or at this time? Either one of those says exactly the same thing. You don't need the extra words that say the same thing all over again. We have a lot of crutches Mm -hmm. as speakers. We really just don't get to the point. (laughs) <laughs> in general it's difficult uh, let's get well i tell you what let's get to the point and uh, get back to the phones as well and bring in dave in kck hello dave hey john hey jamie hey, hey i got one that drives me absolutely crazy it's when people say they'll um, hypothetically ask if what they've just said is right by seeking validation for it. for instance they'll say boy that was a terrible game last night right if you didn't think it was right, why the hell did you say it? It drives me crazy, and there's a lot of people that do it. Just listen closely. Will Thanks do. Thanks for taking my call. Thank Later. you. And, and on the same note is, uh, is same difference, Jamie, my uncle has a big problem with this one. When did yeah, no become an answer? <laughs> That's on a lot of lists that I just looked up to. Is it really? To. Yeah. <laughs> I, I am told that is a Midwest phrase that we do that a lot yeah no yeah no but <laughs> but what does that mean which one is it is it yeah or is it no i think uh, it means no yes uh oh and uh, i could care less versus i couldn't care yeah. less is also coming in the the correct is i couldn't care less if you say i could care less you're implying that you do in fact care yeah let's see uh we'll go to sue in gardner hello sue hi okay here's my irritation is I'm in a store, bought something, am ready to leave and say, thank you. No problem. There it is. <laughs> yeah, the no, no problem thing. So you're welcome. No problem. Just... Or if you're eating something, you know, in a restaurant and you thank them for the water, no problem. That just drives me nuts. Is is there anything other than you're welcome that's acceptable? I, I can't think of it. <laughs> okay. That's fair. Sue, thank you. I I don't know, because it seems like your welcome just seems stiff. And maybe that's why no problem kind of caught on. Yeah, no problem is definitely more casual. Just like no worries. is. You you could just walk away and say, yeah, no problem. Yep. You're good. (laughs) There's another one that I'm sure irritates a lot of people. You're good. Sue and Lawrence is next with us. Hi, Sue. Hi. Um, I live, you know, in the city that home for KU, and I have worked in several optical shops in Lawrence, and one of my biggest pet peeves is when I'm working with someone I know is educated, and they've chosen their eyeglasses, and they hand me the frame, and they say, I want these ones. Oh. Makes me insane, too. Yeah. Yeah. Not a fan. Makes me cringe, and I've had English professors who hand me things and say, I want these ones. You don't. It, it's a superfluous word. You don't need it. <laughs> you could anyway, not be more so correct. Much. Thank you, you Sue. You guys have a great day. Hey, you, you, you do too. the same. I don't want to get into a lot of this because it gets more into grammar, but when people use the wrong use of the word saw, when they say, 
I seen the moon last night. Oh. Instead of I saw. Yes. A very good friend of mine who I've known for a very long time does that. And it is a credit to my willpower that I have never once corrected it. <laughs> the one that gets me is the one that almost nobody notices, which is data. Data is a plural. The data does not show. It's, you know, the people will say the data shows. No, no, no. The data show. It's not. It's a plural noun. Uh, you can't use a singular verb to go along with that. That's one that I try to keep very close track of. I still screw it. Not that one, but but there are some of those that are easily screwed up. And sometimes, given the the, the chance, I'll go ahead and screw it up. But I do my best. I get that a little bit because some things just sound awkward. Yes. And we don't like that. We don't like it to sound weird and awkward. Feel free to keep these coming in. We are highly entertained by this list and very uh, self-conscious about it now, too. So we appreciate that. All right, we'll take a break here. Uh, Joe Jonas, the singer, getting a divorce. What did the ring camera have to do with it? Do with it? We'll get to that coming up here on KMBZ. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.